Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Those on and, and adjust that mic is sweet. You go one on one off. Yeah, I'm a one on one off. Nice. Yeah. Do you like the sound of your own voice? Uh, not that much. That's why I'm a one on one off guy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a real easy listening voice. I was listening to you on uh, Michael Casas' uh, podcast. Oh uh, God. Last week and uh, and I was just like, man, KP's got a really. But I've known that yeah. for a while, just from knowing you for a while and talking yeah. to you. And it's like, I think that does look. If you're having a conversation with somebody, you got to be interesting first and foremost, right? Yeah. You have to have most of your teeth, yeah, because that's going to be distracting. Yep. Um, you got to, you know, be somewhat presentable, but yep. then also like y- your voice has to be the some- calming influence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yep. Thanks, NPR KP. That's right. Yeah. The calming influence with KP. <laughs> See, <laughs> I would listen to that audio book. I mean, I'm I'm glad that I I'm finding so much. Uh, out about you because all I knew you was uh, Big Cock. That's all that's, I knew. Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's usually... It's weird how that continually stays at the top. Yeah, you and it's me. like, it's like, yeah. hey, I've done so much other shit in my career. Stop just talking about my incredibly large Is penis. that what KP yeah. stands for? Catastrophic penis? It actually stands for Big Cock. It's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's look up, spelling. Look up the Romanian. And... <laughs> Yeah, and see, this is, this is why. We like talking yeah. to comics. They can yes and. Yeah. Yeah. You guys go, you just go, okay, I'm going to wait for the question. I, I like doing podcasts, and I get invited to do so few. Really? That, yeah, well, because it's like I'm not I'm not touring, right. so there's not like, there's, there's I'm not like out of sight, out of mind. everyone's mind guy. Yeah. Um, so, so, but but I everybody think knows I, you. Yeah, but I think if I were in that like all the comics do each other's podcast thing yes. over and over again, mm-hmm. I'd go, fuck, I have four stories. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you all about right, so. I can tell you about a show, and then I can tell you about another show, <laughs> and then I can say the one thing that Joel McHale's okay with. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so the name of this podcast is Four Stories. Four and Stories. by the end of it, we will we'll probably get all four. Yeah. Four Stories with a calming influence. <laughs> Wait, but didn't you, uh, I read somewhere that you did Carnegie Hall? I did, with uh, with Joel. Oh, shit. Uh, that's how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Know someone famous who needs an opener. Um, hey, I understand that, because how do you think I played uh, Red Rocks? Exactly. I, I, did not, I did not sell out Red Rocks, but I, <laughs> yep. but I opened for someone who did. That's right. Who'd you open for, Red Rocks? Uh, Mencia. He, hmm. Yeah, he sold out uh, Red Rocks, and he also sold out the Toyota Center where the Rockets play. Wow. So, yeah, it's nice. like, yeah, I've done those. Yep. He had... He had probably the most fascinating, massive run of like, holy shit, Carlos, you are selling out everything. Yeah, and I was, and, yeah. I was for that whole run. So yeah. I got, I had really good timing because I yep. was there for that run, and then when the shit hit the fan, I was gone. You're like yeah. Pete Carroll. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, when the shit hit the fan, you see, it's like, oh no, I just, you know, Seattle looks nice. Seattle yeah. looks nice. Yeah. I mean, but uh, yeah, no, it had nothing to do with the yeah. sanctions that I uh, yeah, that yeah. that were going to come down. No, there nothing. Was, yeah, there was like a period of time where. At, at sort of like the height of the soup's popularity mm-hmm. where Joel was selling out theaters 
years and he was selling out big venues and yeah. and um and he still does he still yeah. does great i mean you're just, with I was just him yeah in, but uh, he was Arizona, yeah. mentioning how he's like dude at the height of the soup he goes it was fucking bonkers yeah and we were so there was a night we were in uh irvine texas uh, irving texas irving, the the texas, the, yeah. uh, the verizon amphitheater nice okay. which is just really weird because we had done we he was doing spy kids um, and that was shot in Austin at uh, Robert Rodriguez's uh, studio, which is this crazy big airplane hangar that's sure. got like a uh, that's got a full wall of green screen. So instead of Joel flying home to do the soup, they just flew us out, and Robert was just like, "Yeah, just pick a corner and fucking do your little show, whatever." <laughs> and so, and so I'm rich. I've yeah. got stuff that I'm not using. <laughs> yeah. So we had the Carnegie gig coming up, and Joel yeah. hadn't done much stand up because he'd been doing the movie, and I hadn't done stand up for a while. And so he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna book us a uh, I'm gonna book us a night," mm-hmm. uh, and I go, "Okay." Okay, cool. And I'm thinking that maybe we'll do like, you know, Velveeta Room in Austin Gotham. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, or something like that. And uh and so instead what he books is the is the amphitheater, the uh the, the Verizon amphitheater. Which in, I know in, that in, theater. In, that holds uh, about three thousand. Yeah, and it's so wow. weirdly yeah. it's so weirdly set up because it's really like a pie slice. It's AEG, the same company that did Staples Center. Right. So it's really mm-hmm. like just a pie slice of Staples Center minus the court or the ice arena or something. Right. And so I we get in and it was like maybe my only time with that kind of like weird rock star treatment where you like you take a car underneath a building yeah, and then you go the up the freight elevator and you're in a green room. Then you go back yeah. up the freight elevator. You're on the stage. Go back down, get in the car, and then you fly. It feels the like a out. true yeah. rock star walk yeah. up to the stage, right? <laughs> yeah. So I so I get I I go up. I do my set. I have a pretty good set, and uh, and um, I and I get done. And then Joel's coming on, and I decide that I want to see this place because I've I've only been in the bowels of it. So I and I had noticed while I was on stage, and like at the time I was a King season ticket holder, so I was at Staples all the time. Oh, nice. And I noticed that there was like some sort of weird similarity in the architecture. That the like, why does this comedy club have skyboxes? You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I uh, and I go up uh, outside into the into the. Um, uh, the what what do you call it? the concourse? Yeah, and it's literally like a mirror image of the section that I would go out of for my king seats to go get a hot dog or whatever. Like same kind of Pepsi sign here, this that. Wow! And, and suddenly I'm having a fucking spell. Like I'm yeah. like, what's yeah. going on? You're like just very a dream. very Truman Show, <laughs> or yeah. uh, the one artist that does a staircase that I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, um, oh fuck! I, uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, you probably do, yeah. Probably you do your thing. I want yeah. we want to act smart. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> So I so like I freak out and then I look out the window and I see like the ballpark at Arlington yeah. across the way and I was like okay good I'm in Texas like I thought I was <laughs> I uh, and and so then I go back I watch a little bit of Joel's show from in the room I go back down we get the thing and this is this was this was like the most fascinating thing with Joel ever because we had been doing stuff and I when he started doing stand up and and he started I was out with him in like improvs and in San Francisco and stuff and we MC more shows at MC Escher I should have yeah, known that MC Escher son yeah. of a bitch yeah okay. I thought you were calling me MC something and I was like that's <laughs> fucking featured Brad MC um, Escher sa- yeah. MC, <laughs> MC Escher sounds like the worst Jewish rap name ever yeah <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a MC Escher or the best depending on like I mean, what synagogue you, know, you go gonna, to you know we're gonna party or not whatever yeah. <laughs> it's Shabbat. Yeah. We'll party so, on Sunday. So we get so we get out of this uh, we get out of this show and we're going out and all of a sudden there's like fans waiting Crazy. behind the fence. Our soup okay. fans. They're pretty cool, but yeah. they're all but it's like it's like ladies of a certain age sure. kind of kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. It was, and it wasn't it wasn't a particularly old age. Yeah. But so Joel says to me, he goes, we're in the car and he goes, Hey, we're gonna stop the car, I'm gonna sign some autographs. So he goes, I go, cool. And he goes, uh, he goes, get out with me. And I was like, No. 
And, <laughs> and he said, why? And I go, because like an hour ago, I was on a stage in front of them with a big screen mm-hmm. with me, and most of them aren't going to remember me, and the other <laughs> bunch are going to walk up and say, you were pretty good too, and I don't fucking feel like hearing that right yeah. now. I want to remember what just happened yeah, on yeah, stage. Yeah. yeah, or they'll just think that you hire the worst fucking security <laughs> of all time if I'm just standing next are to you. Are you his agent? Yeah. And so, and so we get the fuck out of there. Let's go. And so we yeah. go, and we're standing on this little, there's like this little hill that we're standing on, a little grass hill, and it's playing out exactly like I predicted it would. Some people are walking up going, hey, you're pretty good too. Yeah, 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 once yeah. in a while, somebody, a straggler come and go, can I get an autograph? And I was like, I don't bring pens to it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like, it's like <laughs> you don't want it. Yeah, and all of a sudden, this couple walks up. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, this is being filmed. I looked pretty much like this at <laughs> okay. that period in time. This couple walks up, and the guy goes, hey, man, you were great. And his wife starts like rubbing my arm. Nice. And I go, uh, oh, thank you very much. And what are you doing now? I go, uh, I'll probably go back to the hotel and, you know, have a glass of wine and catch some sleep. Got to get back to L.A. tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I go, you know, why don't you come party with us? I said, uh, no, thank you very much. It's very nice of you to, uh, and he goes, and, and she goes, we really want you to come party with us. And, and I go, I really appreciate that, but, you know, I'm going to, and the guy goes, I'm not sure if you know what we're saying. And right then, Joel, I hear Joel go, excuse me. And he pulls me aside. And this is why Joel is like the greatest friend of all time. Yeah. And at the same time, just the weirdest fuck right <laughs> yeah. now. He pulls me aside and he goes, can I talk to you for a second? We walk up the hill a little bit and he goes, I just want you to know that um, you're very funny. You're accomplished. You've done good things. And, uh, and uh, marriage. Uh, is a forest and it takes years to plant all those trees and all it takes is one match and go dude I'm not gonna fuck this guy's wife <laughs> and he goes oh okay good and he goes walking back down and just starts signing autographs again <laughs> ladies, and, ge- ladies and, and gentlemen story number one story number one he, no, you know no, what though, he, though. Also, go. he also yeah. probably you know had a great forest analogy and saw an opportune time to exactly. drop that on his friend exactly he was but, just he was just working on that he, he really is a pro marriage dude and I think because yeah. I, I met his wife briefly at a holiday party and yeah. she seemed like the greatest Mm-hmm. When we were in Arizona, he met. Um, we were definitely pounding away some drinks at the on Saturday night, um, and uh, and he met a couple couples afterwards. And one, this guy who had just gotten a girl pregnant, yeah. and they were young. And Joel was like, "And are you guys married?" And and this chick was the guy was definitely batting out of his sure yeah. his zone. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? And and got the girl pregnant. And Joel was like. What the fuck are you doing? He goes, look at this. Look at her. He goes, look at you. And everyone's <laughs> and his friends there, and everyone's laughing, and they're also big fans. So everything Joel's saying, they're just like, this is the greatest. Yeah. And Joel's like, you gotta lock this up, man. He goes, like, what are you doing? And he's going to the girl, and the girl's like, yeah, I'm fucking waiting. And the guy's like, <laughs> the guy goes, yeah, man, but like, you know, marriage is like, it's crazy. And Joel goes, shut up. He goes, listen to me. There's a forest. And I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was very, uh, you know, yeah. um, it, it was cool. Oh, look at that. That worked out so much better. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Because I realized my glasses were kind of doing that. Yeah. I was like, I am on a camera. I should try. <laughs> I should try Sorry, to I show told you America why that guy's wife would have wanted yeah. to fuck me. Um, so. <laughs> no, I'm good enough to get swingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah. that quality. Rural Texan swingers. <laughs> Listen, I'm it's not. be swinger good. Swinger I'm not hot. good yeah. enough to get them by themselves. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. But, it, but if they're already attached then then, uh, then they've already subjugated themselves to some other (laughs) mediocre looking guys wants and desires then i am your man (laughs) when uh when did you and joel when did the friendship blossom but when did you meet and was it instantaneous uh yeah pretty close like like i so the soup had uh had been 
a, sh- a thing for a few minutes before I showed up. Like I was, I was doing the third season of Last Comic Standing. I was producing. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, and, uh, and that uh, season was that was the Alonzo was that, Bowden, the yeah. season oh, one versus season two. Right. Like I did the I did the very end of the first season. I did the live stuff for the end of the first season. I wrote for Jay and mm-hmm. uh, and um, so if um, I start produce. talking in this voice, does it give you a little PTSD, man? Oh, wow. I mean, you know, pal, <laughs> what do you think we should do about that? Let's really get into my career. <laughs> Talk about like how do you start? But where does the feeling come from? KP was undeniable, man. We are, and of course, and, and of course, we are talking about the great Barry Katz, yeah. who, I, who I'm literally coming from a lunch with. Yes. Oh, are you really? Yeah. So that so that's why the voice is in my head. I love Barry. So the best. Two time guest of this pod. Yes. Uh, more sports. He got me that job. Like he fought for me. No to get shit. That job. Yeah. Listen, man. Was, I'll never forget you, KP. Anderson. Catastrophic rather, penis. Rather it be, Anderson. Rather it be J.T. Thomas or K.P. Anderson. You always go for the two-letter abbreviation in the beginning. Give me a, a bad example. J.T. Snow, fantastic baseball player. There's that no is, bad example. Yeah. That is one of the best Barry Katzes I have ever heard. Uh, it, it's yeah. undeniable. My, you know, my wife, I drive my wife nuts because I will talk dirty to her as Barry Katz. Oh, no. Well, I, and oh, I'll no. do it just out of the blue. How married a long you. time and I'll, we'll just you be sitting to. on the couch and I'll just be like I'm gonna put my cock <laughs> inside me and she'll be like I hit the fuck away from this. I love that That's so much because compliment. because you've been with your wife how long now? Uh, 17 years 17 years yeah. so it's like they, they they always say you gotta do stuff to spice it up yeah. to, yeah. to keep the marriage yeah. young the unexpected yeah. Barry I tell you, sex no, talk nothing is more unexpected <laughs> than coming to your wife and saying listen I'm gonna do some dirty things to you tonight my penis will be undeniable. You won't be able to deny it in whatever hole I desire. Brett, I did not know that you did this impression that well. That is, it is, it is of all the JJ's, mine, uh, everybody that does. That is the yeah. best Barry I've ever heard. Oh, you're, ver- you're very welcome. I can do a voicemail for you if you need to. <laughs> Wait, or, so what, I, I, I don't know if when you bring back the soup, if there's a Barry Katz character because Barry's not available. He's little, very busy. Little Barry. Yep. But if you want to do a little Katz. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, you God. find a woman who's obsessed with cats and you say, we have little cats for you. She gets very excited. And then I walk in in a suit going, not what you were expecting. Holding Let's a kitten. Talk about your yeah. expectations as much Who's as on your Mount Rushmore of kitties? <laughs> Garfield. I mean, you got Garfield. You got Heathcliff. Oh, Heathcliff. <laughs> the cat from Homeward Bound. <laughs> so, uh, wait, writing sorry. for last. Yeah. If I get into yeah. that, I can't I know, get out of it. Possible. Yeah, it's it's a, so I, much I've, got, fun. I've got a little. I've got the remainder of that cold, so I can't stay in it that long. Otherwise, it'd just be that for an hour. Yeah. Bill Burr uh, episode dropped with him today on it on his podcast, and yeah. Burr. It's like I've never heard. It's so far. It's an amazing episode, obviously, but Burr is just ripping Barry. Yeah. And he's loving it. And it's like nobody, and Burr's like, I can't believe no one's, it's like all the comics I listen to that come on this podcast, nobody's giving you shit about like these things he's giving them shit about. Yeah. So let's you listen to, but, um, and he's just loving it. And it's like Burr just really just fucking. Yeah. Anytime I hear, and I want to know for you too, like people coming up, and then I want to get back to the last comic standing, but sure. like the people that when you got into the comedy business, you looked at as being like, you know, just so fearless or, or that were intimidating to you, but you also, um, uh, looked up to you know yeah. like uh, when I first started stand up and I would see like Dane just crushing I was uh-huh. like I was like oh and I didn't know yet that I needed my own point of view I would be like oh I, that's what I need to do to be yeah. successful yeah. not knowing that oh you're gonna have your own path and your own shit but I was so intimidated by how 
much he would crush, but then also inspired because I was like, oh, I want to fucking get that good. Yeah. Who are those guys for you? Well, it was interesting because I stepped into it like, so I started in Minneapolis and I moved quick. Is that why you look like Al Franken? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I moved quickly through it in Minneapolis. I just, it was the right time that, yeah. and, I, and I was really hell-bent. I'm sort of a A-type when it comes to, when it comes to like, no, I want to do that now, so I'm going to go mm-hmm. do that type nice. of stuff. Um, I'm Which very Oprah motivated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, Especially but, now. Yeah. Times hey. have changed. There's a new day coming. 2020. Yeah. That was fucking great. It was unbelievable. It was so fucking incredible. She should have held up her so, soups at the end. That yeah. Like, really... like my daughter, It's in, it was interesting watching my daughter sit on the couch watching How it. How old is she? She's 14. Oh, okay. Wow. And Perfect. So, and so she's watching it, but it's it's very interesting because my kid is just very like, she's, she's science and math and she is, and so she's heading into this field and into this arena that's been male dominated for a long mm-hmm. time. But just her like out of the womb mentality has been this sort of like blanket. I don't give a fuck. I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't care. So she hangs out with boys. The boys give her shit. She gives shit back. She's just never been Dope. like very, very caught up in the, in the, like the unfairness of it all. She just doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit and she'll fight, you know, to, to just stand out. And so that's, that's her and that's her makeup. Well, I'm sure that, having a cool comedy yeah. dad, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she literally turns to me, after Oprah's speech and looks at me and goes, Dad, what the hell have men been doing? And oh. I was like, oh, so much, honey. Just <laughs> like, so, how much time do you yeah, have? Yeah, was, and, and, and I, keep, I keep trying to explain to her, and I'm very, I'm like, yeah. the, I hate it when guys go, you know, it really drives me nuts when something happens, and as the father of a daughter, as a, as yeah. a husband of a wife, yeah, as yeah, a son as, of as a, a mother. Son of a, it's like, yeah, yeah. we all have women yeah, in our lives. We like, get yeah, that. Yeah, you don't have to be any of those things to no. realize that there isn't a fucking hunting season for women. Like, there's there's no <laughs> reason to... Now, listen, if I didn't have a mother, a daughter, or or a wife, I would just be grabbing them by the pussy everywhere. Yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's what you do. But because... Yeah. Yeah. I know. They, I am they a told son. me when I was a kid yeah. not to do that. But, but, but because I'm a son of a mother... Yeah. I know not to just punch random women in the face. Yeah. But here's the slippery gray area. Here's the weird thing mm-hmm. is like when if if I see some on the news, like when Trump did that grab him by the pussy when that all came out, I had this talk with my daughter where I was like, I never want to hear that you put up with any shit from anybody like that. You kick them in the balls and you grab their fucking throat and you squeeze until yeah. the, until they realize wow. what they did wrong. Very, and very you know, good. it was just very like but I do realize that some levels of sexist behavior before I give my daughter her empowerment speech, I was probably guilty of in another room with the woman who gave birth to her like five minutes earlier. <laughs> that's just like that. That's just like not anywhere near to that degree, of course. But uh, there's sure, always some sort of like, yeah. you know, we are we are creatures of the environment that we that we came up. I'm from I'm from mid uh, east central Minnesota. Yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm a small town. Our black guy was our gay guy, so it's not like. <laughs> It's it's not like I came up with the most open of minds towards our every black fucking. I was our game. Matt Reynolds. He's the greatest guy. He teaches theater in Seattle. Now, oh my he god! Does he really? Yeah. That's yep. so great. That's our black guy was our gay guy. Yeah. How is that not the title of a sitcom? Uh, he came he came out to me our senior year. We were driving home from an Eddie Murphy concert. Yeah. Uh, in on, on like a dark country road, and uh, and I'm sure he. Uh, and he I'm and sure he that concert me, maybe Eddie used the f word pretty liberally. Yeah. 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 He okay. turns to me and goes and uh, you know it was it was not hard to tell with Matt that that he was gay, but he hadn't like sure. said it to anybody. We're sure. driving home and uh, and uh, he turns to me and goes, you know, I'm gay, right? And I pull the car over and I go, this is where you decided to tell me. On the dark country road, <laughs> and he goes, "You're the one who pulled the car over." I'm like, Fuck you! <laughs> and then that, and then that was it. A, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, perfect. He's he's the greatest guy. We're friends to this day. Oh my um, god! But but you know, it's like it's like that is the that is the thing that I think people get the most freaked out about is like the internal deep dive of like, look, you you. There's so many things that 
you can do just live in your life that can be, you know, if nothing else, disregardful of another person in the room. Absolutely. And so and so it's like that that when you when you listen to that Oprah speech, you do realize the sort of like the the sort of enormity of like, oh, shit, like everybody is going to get called out on their shit for better or worse yeah. now. Yeah. And, and it's probably like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that over the years that I've been doing this stuff, that I've been a pretty respectful person to everybody that I've worked with, but I'm also pretty sure that I'm every once in a while going to say something and I'm going to deserve to have somebody go, Hey, you can't fucking say that. Okay? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's okay. Well, that's part of our world too. Like you're yeah. constantly needing to throw things at the wall to see what sticks, right? Yeah. And like you're taking, a, we're we're taking a lot of swings all the yeah. time. Yeah. And um, and I mean, I don't know with with even with I mean, there was a time when like Natasha Leggero made a joke, and and then I think she didn't apologize for, it, but people there, there's. You know, it's just kind of a case by case thing where yeah. where people are deciding like, oh, do I want like, do I think this is going to affect my career? Then I'm going to do the right thing. And like even SNL, like firing that girl over that joke because yeah. they were like, we've got to cover our ass. It's like, yeah, but I don't think but and, and everyone has an opinion about whether it's right or wrong. But um, now it's everything is under such a big microscope. I mean, look how quickly Louie got everything taken away. Yeah. And it was like. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, so every, like every guy, and I and I do this kind of joke in my act now, where like every guy, when all this was happening, is going through that Rolodex in his head, like, "Oh shit! Like, yeah. what have I said throughout my entire life? That, yeah, that now has been documented." Yeah, and 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 it's and it's really like, look, you may think that you may think that you've lived a squeaky clean right life because you haven't done something that can be defined by the law. Yeah, As, sure. But but every man in the room looked me in the eye and tell me you weren't creepy and fucking possessive and called too many times when some chick broke up with you sure. when you were nineteen, yes, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two years because, old. Yeah. yeah, and or, or yeah. like especially when you're just finding it out and you're just going through it, like high school. Yeah, you're not a person yet. No, you, you're not an no. adult. You don't know. So yeah, you've probably done some things yeah. that were like, like we said. We're not saying that we went full Harvey on on no. on, on people. We're not saying yeah. that at all. But yeah, yeah we, we probably said. Yeah, things well, that think, were not good. Yeah. Of course, but I think we all <clears throat> can attest that we we know how to read the room. And it's like some people, uh, you know, missed out on having like not having like a dick etiquette course in, yeah. in elementary school. But yeah. like a lot of people just assume should be a great course. It yeah. should be social yeah. studies, math, dick etiquette. But it's yeah. like because there's step some, one, don't take it out. Well, there's some <laughs> dudes out there that just like don't know how to read the room, and they'll be three dates in, like at a cheesecake factory. There's a break in the conversation, and they're like, "What do you think of this?" And it's like, "No, dude, that's not the right time." You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Recognize when a penis reveals appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> and that's my platform when yeah, I run with go. Oprah in 2020. Yeah. God, she was so like I, I would imagine she sounds presidential when she orders a pizza, but that was fucking like that was. She also like, did her Oprah yell at one point where she yeah. was like, "And when the sun rises." Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fascinating how little, how much everybody said without actually mentioning Trump. I think they figured something out. There, yeah, but it's like yeah. if we say his name, then he'll engage and yeah. he'll drown out the important part right. of the conversation. Yeah. So, if but we if don't you just say, his say name, it was kind of perfect. If, yeah. if, if if you say when forces are keeping us down, or when you yeah. say when other people are telling you that women yeah. can't do, but, but like yeah. when you say it, it sort Trump has sort of become Voldemort. Yeah, <laughs> like you but, can't, dude. Well, he is a stable genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is crazy how much I I because I was home on the couch with a cold. I actually watched uh, the six and seven Harry Potters on Saturday, oh, nice. and that was my biggest thing. Is like, oh my god, they're fucking Death Eaters. This is what they are. This mm-hmm. is the this, he is Voldemort. He well, is, yeah, yeah. Because when you bring up a concept <laughs> uh-huh. and an idea, then the person cannot respond directly. Because yeah. now, and this is what this was also kind of one of the brilliant things about 
Oprah speech, and we'll, and we'll get back to UKP. But but once we get on, on an Oprah time, uh, yeah, we're already two stories down. I'm not even going to tell you what. <laughs> exactly. So once but, we go Oprah, we don't go yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, is like you said, the speech never attacked any one person directly. So if you come out a against Oprah's speech it's like you're saying nah we should be able to assault exactly. still that's exactly. what it sounds like it was like. tone perfect it exactly was, yeah, it was, and, and it was really yeah fantastic so you met Oprah watch. on the soup never met her <laughs> <No>. <laughs> her offices were across the way when she started that network her offices oh, yeah. were across the way and you could literally kind of tell that it was like uh, you people at E please don't bother Oprah <laughs> She's doing way more important things. And you were yeah. probably like, yeah, we shouldn't yeah. bother we shouldn't bother Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what though? She seems just in the interviews I've seen of her or like uh, I don't know, like chummy enough to where like I bet she watched the show and like yeah. she seems like she had a good sense of humor like I bet if you ran to her in a hall she wouldn't be above being like, "Hey, pop in on this thing." She might, right? I, I don't, don't know. I honestly don't know. I want to believe that anyway. I think that I, I wake up in the morning yeah. hoping Oprah Wants think, to have fun. I think that like like a few people who are somewhere near that stratosphere because there's not a lot. There's very there's no one else who's in mm-hmm. that stratosphere. But you know there's there's people that I've come into contact with who are who are along the way and they all have like this hard candy shell of people around them yeah. that do not let anybody through to find out. Mm-hmm. You know because it's just like it's just like there's not enough hours in the day for her to hug and talk to every fucking yeah. person who comes, yeah. who comes her way. No, so like like at at E the you know Seacrest who's a really oh I've known forever and who's yeah. a really good guy um, always had you know this coterie of people that kind of just that kind of just formed a wall and blocked and you know he's short so he's like hey buddy <laughs> and, yeah and that's and, Dope. And, yeah. and and by the way I totally understand that uh, because like there's some people where. That take your Elon Musk's of the world. Mm-hmm. I like when he started dating Amber Heard. I was like, no, you should not be dating Amber Heard. You're Elon Musk. Just lock you in a room <laughs> yeah. and you figure out the fucking world. Yeah, like, because you can. Yeah, she could easily distract you through some shit that we all need. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want that fucking one a uh, uh, twenty minute tunnel from here yeah. to San Francisco and Vegas, and you're, you're, oh, I want the hyperloop. Fuck yeah. And that. you're and you're working on it. Yeah, so I'm, get that you shit can done. Invent an Amber Heard for each and every. <laughs> yeah. Get working. You on selfish your bastard. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. the Tesla Amber Heard. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Well, now <laughs> I get what you were doing. Yeah. You were doing. You yeah. were doing market research. <laughs> Wait, so on on last comic, you were uh, writing and EPing writing, on that? No, I was uh, writing and producing the first season. Uh, at the very end, second season, uh, which was you know Alonzo and John Heffron yep. and Kathleen Madigan and that crew. Yeah, uh, that was. Uh, you have Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Heffron won that one, um, and uh, and uh, that was that was the season that I came on. I think. Was I supervising producer then? I think I was supervising producer at that level. Um, and then the season three, which was the sort of um, half configured, basically what happened was NBC had something else that they had ready to go and then it wasn't ready. And so they asked us to hustle back and do season Jeez. one versus season two in live American Idol style competition. Wow. And the, what nobody really accounted on, including Jay, Peter Engel, myself, anybody who was involved in it, yeah. was that nobody really remembered season one because season one was good. Uh, mm-hmm. But it wasn't insanely highly rated. It was just right. it was it was just well rated. Yeah. Season two was really well rated, um, and uh, but they were out of material. 
Yeah. So season two, because they'd just gotten done with this process and cashed everything that was, you know, network primetime ready. So season two was kind of out of material, but but they kept winning all the season versus season challenges just right. because everybody liked them and knew them yeah, more. Yeah. yeah, and season one, you know, Ralphie still wouldn't fucking talk to Dat, and there was there was all that kind of stuff that was going yeah. on that was... Can uh, you blame him? No. Um, <laughs> although Dat's a nice guy. Like, it's Dat nice is guy. a very, very nice guy. But that, was just, that was one of those things that I think people... Um, for anybody that still cares about that stuff, people that uh, people that that put that show together um, did not realize that the audience that was watching was not that first year, especially was not gauging comedic performance. They were right. following the reality show. Yeah. yeah. And so they attached to the lives and the and the comings and goings. And Dat played really great as TV. Sure. Um, so so that's, I think, why Dat got those votes. And I do remember <laughs> I do remember when and, and Ralphie, you know, was a was a great friend and had a lot to do with, you know, with with my career and helping me through stuff. And uh, and I do remember being in the office. I was like the first person to get the envelope when the vote came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I literally opened it up looked at it and went well this makes 9-11 a little easier to swallow and just kind of like, <laughs> and just that kind of fan like, is the 9-11 of reality yeah, competition like, shows I was just like this is gonna be fucking hell when this announcement comes down oh god yeah. you the, in, do you remember being in the room for that oh yeah I was yeah I was Jay was on stage <clears throat> and uh, he had an IFB uh, an earpiece in and I was and I was like counting down because it was live yeah. and Jay I don't know if I still have talked to him about it a billion times and he still won't really tell me but um, he did not I think want to reveal the results until the very last second. Of course. Mm-hmm. So I was the one going ten, nine. You should probably say who won. Eight, seven. <laughs> say it, fucker. Six, five. I will fucking kill you if we go to credits and you didn't announce. And yeah. four, three. The winner is that fan. And like you could see the you could see the confetti pop, and then NBC just went to the next thing. Wow. And yeah, and it was just like and it, no and it time just, to process. Yeah, and it was yeah. just and Ralphie was so fucking mad, and, and you guys knew Ralphie when he, when yeah. he was mad. Yep. It was hard to get Ralph off that uh, off that thing for a while yeah yeah it was a rough night imagine yeah (laughs) was it a fun experience though i mean just being i'm really too much reality and not enough stand-up um i didn't i had so little to do with the first season i literally was once the show got to vegas it was the the final performance that's when i came into it Mm -hmm. um i'd been doing the wayne brady show up until then and then i oh nice i ended that and um and or they ended that for me more politely spoken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't know, yeah. I don't know if that was your call, KB. Yeah, it was not. It <laughs> was not. Have Turns you, out I wasn't a daytime guy. Yeah. Have um, you met a more talented dude than Wayne Brady? Yes. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I love that you don't go for the loaded question. You're yeah. just like, yeah, 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 I have. Um, so, <laughs> so, so I moved into that. I daytime. moved into that pretty late. Yeah, yeah it was a mm-hmm. daytime show. I moved into that season. The second season, um, the second season was really fun for a billion reasons, and a lot of it was that 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 group was really. God, this is kind of where. Jesus, I don't even remember what the first question was, but it, it had something to do with the comics that I, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this was where the comics, came back I, to my it. class kind of came in, like right. Alonzo and I, and I think Hef was also uh, new new faces in 98 in Montreal, oh, wow. you know, Kathleen and I had been working together forever, there were, there were a lot of people in that who I was really, truly contemporaries with, yeah. um, and so that was fun because I got to work with them. What was tough about it is that reality show part of it where they're following where they're following people. I was always intentionally kept on the comedy side. I was always kept on what are Jay's jokes going to be? What are mm-hmm. you know? How are these how are these head to heads going to go? Yeah, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't have anything to do with the edits of how the uh, of how the the personal interaction stuff. And I wanted it that way. And uh, Jane and Dan, the showrunners, wanted it that way because. I had favorites, you know, it was like, sure. uh, so, so it was tough watching them react 
to the stuff that went on during that season that got that got aired. And I do remember there was one night where nobody was doing anything inside the house, and I was like, "All right, I'll get them to do something." I walked and I put a and I put all their names in a hat, and I rang the doorbell, and Alonzo answered, and I handed him the hat, and he goes, "What's this?" And I go, "You're going to play a game because you're boring us." And he goes, "What's the game?" I said, "You're going to pull a name out of the hat, and then you're going to play. Here's what's wrong with your act, and whoever pulls the name has to tell the other person oh, what's wrong with their shit. act." And he just goes, "Go fuck yourself, KP." <laughs> <laughs> I threw the hat at me and shut the door. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Good for Alonzo. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It, that's good. That's a that's a loaded. <laughs> oh question. God, it would have ended in bloodshed. I, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't know how much the comedians really anticipated the reality portion of it to be as prominent as it was, yeah. right? And it's just tough. Like, if you haven't done one of those those shows, and I, I've you know produced one, but I've never I've never been a part of one. Um, I don't know how fast you just fall into that fucking mindset of like, I got to make an allegiance and I got to plot against this person. Right. And I got to do this and I got to do that. And if we whisper in the bathroom, the camera and the microphone in the bathroom won't catch it. Yes, it will. <laughs> and so, and so that, and, and the producers are there and collecting that shit and it makes the most compelling TV. Yeah. Yeah. And then people who, people who really wanted to advance their, their, their performance careers via that. Um, some of them did, some of them didn't. The people who didn't and played the game and got into the you know into the weeds yeah. whispering about each other, they don't like that they did that show, and I don't blame them. And at the same time, it's like, well, you got to be a little eyes wide open about these things when you go into it. Yeah. But ultimately, yeah, I would have been I would have been pissed about the same thing, and I can't honestly say that I wouldn't have been one of those people in the bathroom whispering. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, yeah, it's like know. it's like people that come off the Bachelor going like they showed me in a negative light. It's like it's the yeah, bachelor. Yeah, and it's like, kind of perfectly set up for like, yeah, well, like, yeah, the big money comes if you make it to the last stage, and the way to mm -hmm. make it to the last stage is to play the game and, be and on the show. Yeah, and your ability to do stand up doesn't really count until America's voting. So you yeah, know. yeah, you just kind of go. Yeah. And then so so you're on Last Comic Standing, and then is the soup the next project? Yeah. So I left. So Last Comic ended. The season three ended, and I and um um I got called by Ted Harbert, the guy who was running E at the time, and I'd done a I'd done a, a pilot script with him when he was in an independent production thing and he had and he said i got this guy we've got this show that nobody's really watching mm -hmm. um um but the guy's mega talented he's he's a great guy but he's kind of a pain in the ass he keeps coming into my office like i'm not the president of the network and he, <laughs> and he goes if, like come in i might cancel it in 10 weeks but if you keep him out of my office and we still like each other i'll give you your next job and i was like okay <laughs> cool so i so i went That's in and i met pitch. joel yeah and Joel was sitting in his office, and and like there were three or four people interviewing for the job, taking over as a head writer, and uh, and um, I, I was the only one who actually watched the tapes they sent over of the show, so I had something to say about it. Yeah. So Joel That's was so just crazy like, yeah. So Joel was like, I don't know why they don't just fucking hire you. You're the only one to watch the show. And I was like, well, tell them that. And <laughs> yeah. so and so that's how I got the job. And then eleven years later, you know, eleven because years. Because you, yeah. I mean, granted, you are you are talented and you are good at your job, but you watch the tapes. Yeah. Yeah. That that seems so logical and yet so insane that that anyone would interview for a job and then not be familiar with the product. I think it's I, and and I see it all the time. I mean, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of stand-ups who their this is a weird way of getting to that answer, uh, but there's a lot of stand-ups who their mindset mm -hmm. is well, if this doesn't work out, I can always go be one of those writers on one of those shows. And what they right. don't what they don't account account for is the fact that people who weren't stand-ups who are just writers on those shows only in their lives wanted to be a writer on a television show. Yeah, and so when they get into the room with them, they're being outclassed by just a work ethic 
just an ability the it's same way that they yeah the same way that stand-ups will grind open mics over and over yeah. and over again on, a, on any given night these people sit at home and just fucking write and they build that muscle and so a lot of stand-ups who could easily have the talent to do it mm-hmm. but they just get hit in the face with the workload and don't know what to do with it yep and it's just it's sort of like a it's sort of like a and an unwillingness to sort of like see beyond your own talent and realize that it's a competitive field and you have to have preparation if you want to succeed. Yeah. Uh, Jay Moore told me the Bobby Knight quote, which is, I don't want, uh, Bobby Knight once said, I don't want players with the talent to win. I want players that, that are willing to prepare to win. Exactly. And, and then he hit a kid with a chair. Yep. But yep. that's that, not, yeah. but he had prepared. Yeah, yeah, he had prepared to hit the kid with the chair. Yeah. The kid did not prepare to duck. <laughs> By the and way, that's the, how he knew he would not yeah. have that kid on his team. Yeah. You got to prepare to duck. Yeah. yeah. You yep. know I'm Bobby Knight. I'm going to throw something at yeah. you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do and your homework. Way, yeah, to answer a much earlier question. Yeah, yeah. The who who were the comics yeah. who you know who inspired mm-hmm. terrified me a little bit. It was really that. Like when I got here, the the era that I wound up in L.A. in was because the Minneapolis thing was there were great comics in Minneapolis and a lot of them you know Swartz in there. Uh, Swartzen was I, I was the headliner Swartzen's first night up. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, Nick Nick was you could tell right yeah, away. Yeah, Nick was great, but he was after my time in Minneapolis for most for most purposes. Were you there for the Louis Anderson years? <clears throat> no, I was after Louis. Okay. And uh, but like Hedberg was from there, and Mitch oh, okay. and I, Mitch and Stanhope and I were really good friends. Were you there for the Chuck Knobloch years? Yes, I was. <laughs> great. I was there for the Chuck. Knobloch Not the baseball years. Chuck Knobloch, yeah. the stand-up comedian Chuck. Knobloch. No, did he really do stand up no. <laughs> I was like what I missed that he hated baseball he just wanted to do stand up on the yeah. side Chuck Knobloch was, was yeah so, so you so you was, were hanging out with Mitch yeah Chuck was a friend in yeah. Minneapolis oh, and wow. he would hang, he would come to the club and one night he brought uh, Christian Leitner and he was like because the athletes would all hang out together Dude. in Minneapolis and he said to me he goes I'm bringing Christian Leitner tonight by the way he's kind of a dick and I was like, oh, okay. And he showed up with Christian Lane, and you know what? He was kind of a dick. <laughs> but like, did you love him? I was like, That 30 Lane, for 30, yeah. I was like, yeah. dude, I get yeah. it, man. Yeah. 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 He, yep. he, he, he was the great white, uh, great white enemy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And he was great at being it. And he was just kind of like, he was just kind of like, not really a dick, just kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, you get off stage, you had a good set, and he'd give you some shit about something that happened. Sure. And you'd be like, you're kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't hate you, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could have just said nice job yeah. and fucked it's, with me yeah. about the minute that went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Wait, it, that, that to me is so cool that, like, the. That you were um, doing enough shit like that, that the athletes were like coming around, and because well, that's all I want is to be friends with the athletes I grew up yeah. with. In mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, it's really weird because in season, a lot of people wind up staying. Like a lot of people wind up loving the you know the lifestyle up there, and, well, and so they live Prince. there in the summer. Yeah, Prince and all the money in the world, you can go, you can go anywhere. Yes, yeah. stay in Minnesota. Yeah. So a lot of people wound up staying. So yeah. the, so and with the athletes, like it was it was in that really good run of the Twins, like eighty seven and ninety one. Um, mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they all just like come into the comedy gallery. So a lot of the comics who hung out there hung out with a lot of the ball players. Wow! And yeah, it was just very fun. It works out. Yeah. Uh, so then, okay. So well, when okay. you yeah. when you're at the um, uh, uh, and you, you watch the tapes. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, again, like let's not skip over like the importance of like doing what's required for the job. Like I feel yeah. like the only job where you can be truly uninformed is if you're one of those ladies on one of those um, late night infomercials for some cooking products where it's like, okay. the macaroni only took 15 minutes okay. because of your fucking, you know. Yeah. Where, where your job is to be surprised. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, cornbread in an hour. Shut the yeah. fuck up, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Are you kidding me? If you vacuum all the air out of that, your blanket will get flatter. You fucking yeah. can knock me over with a fucking yeah. feather. What's the phone number? <laughs> although, I, although I would love to have sex with one of those women. Just because. Oh, I'm going to marry one of those women. So surprised. I'm going to marry one of those women. 
are you telling me when I take off my bra, that thing gets erect and four inches bigger? Wow. Four wow. inches bigger. Yeah. So generous. If I'm yeah. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're so easily amused. Like, yeah. that's who you want as a wife. Like, yeah. yeah. Just very easily entertained. Like, yeah. Are you telling yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> so, can I answer the question about who intimidated me? Yes, yes, please. Yes, the yes, people yes, that inspired yes, me and intimidated me. And by the way, to this day, still do. Yes. We're the ones who were the ones who you could look at them and you knew that they were on the track. Like when I got to mm-hmm. L.A., Attell was out here. Oh, Rogan wow. was just, you know, was just starting to catch heat. Sarah Silverman was. Uh, um, and then on the more alternative side, like Patton Oswalt and Blaine Capach. Holy and, you know, shit. Like this, this amazing. The alternative thing always, By the always way, amused Blaine, me. Blaine Capach loves you. He's the funniest that fucking ju- man that ever that, lived. That you just threw his name into that. Blaine is the funniest. Blaine, I think, is the funniest name I know I've mentioned. On a, on a minute by minute, I can't say pound for pound because he has yeah, negative a, weight. He but, has but, yeah. manorexia. Yeah, but he is so <laughs> fucking funny. And I, wor- I love working with Blaine. But what I always found interesting about that alternative scene Mm -hmm. was that it was absolutely the people who were set to be stars that were going to shoot out and have careers forever and people who had no fucking business doing it whatsoever. And they were gathered in the same place. Mm -hmm. And it was just this this fine this fine little line of like Greg Barrett knows how to tell a punchline. Yep. Comic X has not heard of it. He actually thinks that just like nasally whining about the audition he had today is enough. Right. And it's and it's just that little like just that little fine tuny thing. Especially in the alternative scene, man. Yeah. And I never got it. I never understood why it's like, oh my God, just by virtue of like of like moody clothes, you have access to the greatest <laughs> fucking talent in the world. Learn from them. Yeah. Like just get a little bit more aggressive in your wordsmithing yeah. and you'll find it. And they wouldn't do it. They would just go, No, we're all man. And it's like, Fuck it, it, it's off. Yeah. almost like it, in some of the alt scene. Uh, yes, you do have your uh, people that, and the names that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But you all, but you also, I think you have some people that literally, when they get laughs, they think like, "Well, that's not what I'm supposed to do." Yeah, that's not the alt scene. Yeah, I exactly. Need to, I need to get people to think. Yeah, and then there's other people who are just like too brilliant for the for the craft there's there's people who uh, who Charles Fleischers <laughs> yeah who will drive themselves mad by yeah. getting laughs by like yeah. where they where they'll kill and just need to so desperately need to throw out the entire act because apparently it was good enough for these people yeah you know yeah. Uh, and you and you come across those and you go oh you sad bastard you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're gonna wind up substitute substitute teaching aren't you yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Miss Pastrang my favorite substitute teacher from Kellogg Middle School and she had also, a lazy eye but a but a but a uh, motivated work ethic and also a hell of an open micer. Yeah. Miss Pastrang. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. She was way too alternative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, way too yeah. Uh, wait, so what brought you to L.A. from Minnesota? Uh, <laughs> the, Chutzpah? Like, a uh, little bit of that. Uh, and also, very, very truly, uh, the North Stars moved to Dallas. And I was, and I was literally just like, well, Fuck it, Gretzky's playing in L.A. I guess I'll go there. No and, shit. Yeah, and it was, it was it was absolutely the difference between New York or L.A. Because like at a career from a career standpoint, I felt like okay, I can I can keep yeah. doing these you know Midwest one night road sure. rooms and make I guess some kind of a living and that'll be fine. But I should really try. There was also I got really lucky. The Comedy Gallery in St. Paul, which was a big like Death Star of a comedy club, way ahead of its time for any kind of a comedy boom. Um, would had to bring in like they had to bring in Louis Anderson, they had to bring in Bill Hicks, they had to bring mm-hmm. in Rich Jenny. Um, um, uh, all these you know, all these amazing headliners were coming through Bill Maher, people like that. And I was the house MC there when oh, the wow. big names were in town, yeah. And so those guys would talk to me about my writing, and I think Maher was the first one to kind of like sit me down and go, like, You're a good enough comic, but your writing is doing something else, like, you 
keep hammering away at a, at a premise. And then Robert Schimmel came through and, and he and I started working together a lot. And Robert really taught me how to take one subject and beat the shit out of it for jokes. Wow. And so, and so, but the writing started to, the writing started to take, um, precedent to the performing at some point and that was long after i moved to la but but like because those guys came through and appreciated the writing that was the thing that i was proud of and that was the thing that i got cocky yeah. about and so that I, I just sort of gravitated into it that's huge that they would i mean i'm you're a very personal person so i'm assuming that you were going out of your way to chum it up with them if you're spending a weekend with them I, right i tried not to be a dick i yeah. tried to be like but you just, also don't want to come off too fanny and too like yeah. hey if you got any advice yeah. right because yeah. like yeah. let yeah. them organically bring it up yeah right? like try not to be christian later. like Hicks I became friends with, but I would still, like, every time he walked in the room, I'd shit myself just because it's sure. like, this fucking guy is the greatest thing that I, yeah. you know, and so, so I don't think, I don't think I avoided fanning it up with him too much, but I think mm -hmm. that this part of him kind of liked it too. I was going to say, because well, yeah, like, we all have egos and we're in this business because we like to yeah. make strangers laugh and we're looking for that validation, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah, if you if, if you just fanboy it up a little bit, yeah. not a lot, I'm sure it goes a long yeah. way. Dude, when I met Sinbad, which is the name of a one-act play I want to put on at the Hudson Theater oh, sure. someday. That's awesome. Where it's just people giving personal accounts of when they met Sinbad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, again, same thing, where we started chumming it up, and then when I was asking him questions, I could tell that nobody in my position, like some young comic, was asking him about... Uh, so detailed about certain experiences so yeah. he was like telling them almost for the first time because like oh shit I've never really the people in my life don't ask me about this stuff yeah, yeah. so I think there is a little bit of that yeah, and I think that there's also like this level of this level of you know there's there's the comics that the comics have have identified as brilliant there's the mm -hmm. there's the people who there's the people who who we anoint and go, oh my God, I think that there's a lot of like Sinbad's a good example, Tim Allen's a good example. Yeah. There's a lot of people who for whatever reason, because of how they because of how they crafted what they did, comics internally tend to like look down their nose at a little bit just sure. because it's not you know it's not it's not ripped from the guts of the uh, of every bad thing that ever happened to right. them and i think that one of the things that i was able to do inside of that run of time also was like even though I was trying way too hard to be Bill Hicks at the time, I was still paying attention to these other guys, right. and I was asking mm -hmm. them a lot of questions too. And I was, and so they they would be very forthcoming, especially about the career stuff and what you're going to go through and what it's like. And they were the ones who were getting TV shows at the time, so they'd sit down and talk to you about like, look, if you really want to get out of this thing and and start doing the other thing, you know, here's what happens. And they knew because they'd been through it, and yeah. and so it was and so it was, it was a really good time to be from there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You just got all that advice coming in from all in, but yeah. then good for you for actually listening to it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm I sure there was some shitty advice though, right? There's got, you don't, you're not oh, taking yeah. everything. Yeah. No, yeah. there was, there was, there was a lot of, you know, the, the things that, the things that always drove me nuts were, you know, headliners who would headliners who would complain about, you know, if you were too dirty in front of them yes. and stuff like that. And that's it's like that, that, that's a pet peeve of mine of when I hear, stories of like wait so and so told you you can't tell your, yeah. can't tell your jokes yeah. because they're good yep because they're killing yeah yeah there was this, gives a shit there was this amazing road comic out of out of Chicago originally but he's kind of from all over the place named Jimmy Wiggins who passed away a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and Jimmy was one of the first guys I did I did road stuff with and I had to drive him up to Duluth from Minneapolis and Jimmy was just notorious pot smoker and my car broke down on the way to Duluth and I was freaking out because we were going to miss the show we we're mm -hmm. going to be late and Jimmy was like young man number one rule of comedy they won't start without us 
And wow. he handed me the pipe, and he was like, let's just wait for the truck. This is going to be a good time. And he was the first guy to, to turn to me, and I, when I said, you know, how much time do you want me to do? He would go, it's your stage while you're up there. If I can't follow you, that's on me. And I would just wow. Be like, Perfect. wow, that is, yeah. That Perfect. Is, and, and I can't even say that I'm that. You know, that in, the time, in you know, my time spent as a headliner, mm-hmm. that I was that gracious. I would go, yeah, do an extra five. What do I give a fuck? Yeah. Six, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said five, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yep. Do you, and you, when, uh, I've done some shows with you, Flappers, with Jay yeah. Moore. And, uh, I mean, you're so funny. Like I, oh, thanks, when I And when I watch them, I'm like, I feel like, too, that you want to be doing it more. But it's also... Your your bread and butter and your time is best being spent developing and creating shows. Right? A, a little bit of that. The larger thing for me is that when I go out and do stand up, like when when that that run that I did at Flappers yeah. for a couple of months where I was popping in, um, a I felt like I had something new to say. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Which is thing. great yeah. to, yeah. I mean, that's the main reason to get up, yeah. right, is to know that you have an outlet immediately. Yeah. And when you do like, when you do like 10 years on a show, you're writing to this other voice and you're not thinking about how your life is changing. You're not doing stuff. So if I'd go out and do stand up, there was a big chunk of time where I'd be like, I'm a guy, you know, at the time, 38, 39, 40, doing an act that belongs to a 28, 29 year old guy. And my right. life is so vastly different from this. I, I don't know. Like, I, a, I'm not mad at any of my ex-girlfriends. Why do I keep saying this yeah, shit? Yeah. You know, like what? <laughs> like that stuff. So I, so I, so I took a break there until I could, until I could pop together a five that might lead to more. Yeah. And I did a little bit more and then kind of the same thing. You get busy with other stuff. And this time through, um, I think one of the biggest things for me is that, like, when you're in the commerce of TV production and and media production, um, you're constantly in a it's it's a give and take. You're you you are engaged in real like these people are paying for this thing to get made, so they therefore have a right to say something about how it's presented. Mm-hmm. And when you go do stand up, you're writer, performer, director, producer. Yeah. It's all you, it's all yours, and you go up, you get the immediate reaction, you get to be happy with it or pissed off about it, and you and you leave. And yeah. I love that. That part I really, really love. The yeah. the you know, my, my daughter's 14 now, so I don't, I, I, there's not so much, you know, dad, why aren't you here type of stuff, sure. but, but there's still a level of, there's still a level of like, I do like my home life and stand up is stand up yeah. works in direct opposition to primetime television. Right. Cause yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, what are you going to like while you're doing all these shows and, uh, while, while you're uh, going to be writing on, um, the soup, which is coming back to Netflix. <clears throat> yeah. The right? Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. Coming in Netflix okay. uh, February 18th. So it's not Friday. the soup. It's not the soup. But what's the premise of the show? The premise of the show is it's a weekly recap of all the crazy things that happen in pop culture uh, uh, via clips and stories. and, uh, and But it's going to be global. It's going to okay. be uh, from all over the world. On as E! We, you know, on so e, you we were very do... much about Kardashians. Yeah. And that. We're going to be covering sports. We're going to be covering a, oh, a kind of politics. Japanese game yeah. shows? Fingers yeah. crossed. Oh, yeah. And slippery <laughs> stairs. Yeah, slippery, slippery stairs, stairs baby. Slippery <laughs> yeah, we might just show slippery stairs <laughs> and have Joel tell one joke at yeah, the end of the 18 that, minutes. Yeah. yeah, that's done. Wait, yeah. real quick before we continue on this path i want to know did you mm-hmm. when you were doing writing uh trying to write stand up when you were like do, working on the soup did it yeah. ever did you ever like get so um uh colluded with like kardashian stuff to where you were like i don't even like you would write you'd go on stage and be like man it's been really rough my sister's uh dating this rapper they're gonna name their kid after nah. a compass my dad's nah. thinking about becoming like, a woman it, like it was very interesting to me that uh that my 
my my stand-up voice has never really had much to do with popular culture. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the one thing that I do that I did always appreciate, like, when, when Joel and I have gone out and done stand-up together, the reception from the audience has been incredibly warm, and they've really seemed to like what I was doing. Yeah. So I think that, you know, whatever part of my comedic voice or whatever permeates through the soup, uh, um, uh, and this new show that we're doing, the Joel McHale Show, hopefully, is it's noticeable inside of it because oh, they clearly they clearly like find a familiarity and immediately mm-hmm. as soon as I when an MC this is the thing that drives me fucking crazy yeah. when I go out with Joel is like they an MC who who doesn't really understand how to do an intro yeah. so they'd go I fucking hate yeah, that. So they'd go up and they go hey everybody who's a fan of the soup oh, and geez. people go yeah and you yeah. go and not knowing that there's an opening act and they go <laughs> right. this guy is the head writer? Please, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you for that. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the, yeah. But wait, yeah. But, like, okay, <laughs> you don't fuck. It, 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 it drives me nuts when even comedy clubs go out there. I mean, like, oh, right, your headliner tonight. Give it up for Brad Williams, and then the place, and the place claps a lot, and they go. But now, please, but now, please welcome. Like, and, yeah. and then, like, please welcome yeah. the, this person that you don't yeah, know. And exactly. They're like, oh, but I thought because yeah. People think that everyone's familiar with the process. Yeah. Of there's going to be a host and a, and yeah. a feature. And a, no, yep. they don't. Yep. Uh, welcome to Knuckleheads. Brad Williams is here tonight. <laughs> Just 45 minutes from now. <laughs> I wish they would do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And say, hey, we got a couple of great opening acts for you. Yeah. You know, just no. so they, just so people know. And yeah. I can't imagine when they're going to see the guy who hosts The Soup. That's yeah. why they bought the ticket. Yeah, so the, the who likes the soup? Hey, the who room? likes Wolfgang Puck? Yeah. Want to meet the chef? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things we did the Wiltern Theater in L.A. Oh, nice. And uh, Dominic DeLeo, who played Mankini on the Soup, was yeah, writer yeah. on the show, and he'll be mm-hmm. writing with us on oh, the great. new show. Uh, he went out and did time between Joel and I. He's never done stand up, and he was just shit faced. So he literally went out, sat down on the stage in the with the bikini top on, and he just goes, "How funny was KP Anderson?" And the crowd starts clapping. He goes, "No, no, it's a serious question. How funny was KP?" Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> that talent, man. Yep. Are you? Um, how much will you change uh, as far as your approach to writing and and um, just day to day on the soup with uh, versus now the the Joe McHale show? I think it's going to be interesting as we as we build this out. Like the because it's Netflix and Netflix is is very global, and because we really that's why we wanted to kind of Paul Feig, uh, uh, whom you are very familiar yeah. with, Adam, mm-hmm. is the guy who kind of he lives around the corner from. We bumped into each other. He'd been a guest on the soup a billion times, and he was the one who kind of like you said, were telling me that you didn't know how big of a fan he was yeah right? he, he, yeah yeah he literally when he first did the show i walked in to introduce myself and i'm kp anderson he goes i know exactly who you are you're the voice of simon cowell's chest hair and i was like jesus christ that's, that's yeah it's a hell of a yeah. credit yeah like he is he he knows every episode of the show back wow. to back like he can he can tell you everybody who ever worked on it what parts they played what they did and so he was the one who was a mastermind we were, yeah we were literally out walking in the street bumped into each other and he was like i keep wanting to bring it back and i and joel and i had had a talk about it like two months prior and i was like well fuck it let's go upstairs and you know have a talk call joel and see what he says <clears throat> and so uh, excuse me and so and so uh we did and joel's like yeah sure i don't care about it. Is their money and yeah. and, um, <laughs> and so we took it out we, we put together sort of like all right what what do we want to do that's the same how do we want to we don't want to we don't want to get out ahead of ourselves like we don't want to do like suddenly we're in a big theater and now it's you know every night's a comedy rock concert we want to sure. keep that same kind of stupid people small want to have it yeah. feel and, familiar right yeah. and that's what that, that's one of the things i loved about it i loved hearing the crew laugh yeah. i loved hearing the voices in the background yelling things yeah, yeah. the intimacy was really yeah. Yeah. and the and the i don't want to say low budget but the feel of low budgetness yeah yeah <laughs> yep. yes yeah not cable access but like 
I don't know. It was, was raw. Yeah. It was and raw, but it was pro him being in a suit. It was, yeah. it was perfect. Yeah, and we're trying. That's that's where we're at our best. We're trying to re-embrace that. And mm-hmm. Netflix has been really cool about understanding that part of it, where we're gonna, you know, we're gonna use a green screen backdrop with a little bit more of a set around it. We're gonna do stuff that we're gonna do stuff. The biggest thing that we really actually did talk about, like, should we come back? Should we do this? Is there something new to say? Um, not that <laughs> the soup ever said much, but is there some? <laughs> is there some? The, the landscape has very much changed, and it and it started changing long before we ever left the air like the reality mm-hmm. tv the network reality tv and cable shit show uh reality shows that's not really a huge part of the of the dialogue the pop culture dialogue anymore right sure. so we're going to showcase it but we're going to find it from other places and it's and it's not going to be tosh we're not going to be just a show of web clips and yeah. fails mm-hmm. um not to take anything away from tosh i didn't mean just daniel fuck you yeah, yeah. um um but but the but the uh we're gonna we're gonna we're really going global to try to find like to try to find oh, yeah. it. i think that the opportunity the opportunity that exists that between when we shoot it and when they translate it into 24 different languages to find an audience out there right um who might really attach i think is the better we reflect what's going on in other cultures. And I think that the American audience, I hope that the American audience will kind of come along for that part of the ride too and go, yeah, this is fucking cool. We're sick of hearing about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like like what sort of global pieces of content, like are you talking about like an Italian like soap that you would rip on or just if we find it and it's funny yeah, yeah. I mean and we and that's so the biggest that thing in searching. pre-production now is we're, mm-hmm. we're bringing back a few people from the soup staff who are really good at finding clips um, we're bringing in a lot of newer younger people who are who are more attuned to like how how this shit shows up you know, and that's not. I'm. I'm not a young man anymore. I'm not. Uh, I'm not firewired into. See, I'm even using firewire as a fucking <laughs> reference inside so, the thing. So, would you be looking like? We're still looking to get our, people to to find clips yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're wow. we're in the process. We're getting close. Yeah. Would like Instagram people? Would you guys make fun of them? <coughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they if they do so, something that's worth making fun of. So like when Jake Paul makes a video of himself God, going, I hate that fucking guy. Uh, so we all much. Logan Paul. Yeah. Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Uh, anyone with the last name Paul. Yeah. Whatever. Chris Logan Paul. Paul. Don't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> I mean, I usually yeah. Up, up until Logan Paul, I was like didn't have a huge problem with um, yeah. YouTubers. With, yeah, and just two first name people like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. So like when he does the video of him running through Japan and being incredibly offensive and making everyone hate America even more. Yeah. yeah you guys would shit on yeah. that for sure. I bet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the things that one of the things that I actually Joel and I've been talking about a little bit, and who knows if we'll actually wind up doing it. Um, <coughs> but uh, sorry, my cough is coming. Me back. too. But uh, but one of the things that we've been talking about is Dwarfs like don't uh, cough. It's a stereotype. I'm sort of <laughs> really. Yeah. We 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 just is that the part that's missing? Well, yeah. the gummy yeah, bears. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Gummy so, bears are kind of his immunity. <laughs> yeah. So like it prevents me from growing, but also I don't cough. You cough. Yeah, and also no STDs ever. No dwarf has ever had an STD. <laughs> you and I are doing some shit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you something. Raw dog. <laughs> if there's no chance, my wife will find out. Um, you didn't say it like a challenge, yeah. Brad. I've uh, never gotten anything. Never gotten <laughs> anything. What Bring it. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> but the... Uh, but the uh, we one of the things that we've been dancing around this idea is just like I kind of want to do it. You never want to do a show where you're admitting your age to an audience yeah. that you want to feel that you're hip. Yep. But right. I do kind of want to do a thing that's just like it's not my age. The Paul brothers are fucking douchebags. Yeah. yeah. And just like and just like lay it out like it doesn't matter how old you are. You should want to punch these motherfuckers yes. every time you see them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They really yeah. do just embody like. I mean, it's it's kind of universal. Like it, it, a, a six year old or a twelve year old should be able to see how douchey they are. Yeah, yeah. and that's a great thing for a six year old and a twelve year old to come together over yeah. such a piece of shit and be like, "I recognize that this guy sucks." Yeah, yeah. I would not pick him for my team at recess. And yeah, this, and the old man's like, 
I would not invite them over to my house to play chess. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not like they. It's not like they veer from polite discourse for comedic reasons. They're just dicks. Yeah, yeah. they're just, that, it, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's yeah. Do you have a problem with the whole? I mean, because I mean, I don't know if what you. Um, just seeing people like that come up through a YouTube stardom, like what is your? No, I think that I think that there's a lot of I think that there's a lot of insane talent. And look, if you know the everybody, our, all of our roads may have been different had we had had that kind of access as yeah. to how mm-hmm. we would have you know how our careers would have unfolded. Um, because it's just the you know it's just the performer spark. It's just like hey, here's an opportunity for me to make something. This camera that I'm looking at is you know is microscopic. It's mm-hmm. there's if that had been the way that that we broke into this thing, then how we would have gone about doing it. Maybe maybe none of us would have been stand-ups. Maybe it would have been something else to get that yeah. to get that first road in. Yeah. It's, and so I don't re, I don't resent that at all. I do think that the biggest thing, like from uh, moving from there into now we're going to do 22 minutes of TV. Now we're going to make a real movie. Now we're going to do this kind of stuff. Um, the thing that I've come against in my in you know in my in my production company as we've developed people who have who have come along the way like we were in development with something with uh, Grace Helbig and Mamrie Hart yeah freaking brilliant and really 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 truly entertainers and understand who they are and what they want to do like that's uh that's a perfect example the show ultimately didn't come together but it had nothing to do with their ability to understand how to expand beyond what they do right it's just sometimes these things happen um um there's others that we've been in in meetings and development with and you start talking about like okay well how do we take this thing that's you know 30 seconds to three minutes long and all of a sudden every episode of it and the only reason that we're having this conversation with you is because millions of people have already watched it right they become very attendant to their fan base it's not an ego driven thing it's it's really commerce it's really they know that they're making x amount of money by just continuing to do what they do and it's a lot it's a lot from where they come from it's a lot from from if they were born with you know silver spoon in their mouth and they don't they become very attendant to their fan base and you have to do something to expand beyond what works with the fan base right. but they're so hyper aware because every time they do try to expand the comment section fucking crucifies them <laughs> yeah. so you find yourselves you find yourselves kind of stuck at an unintentional loggerhead of i don't know how to i don't know how to make a show that expands beyond your thing and can fit this time requirement um, without you being willing to open up the creative past what it is that you do repeatedly that everybody yeah. really likes. It, it's, and it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, after the Logan... Lo, what is his name? Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Okay. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> after that whole thing, uh, Burt Kreischer had a great tweet where he was just like, this is the only time where I've ever wished there was a network executive. Yeah. Like one person in the room. Yeah. Just <laughs> one person in the room just look, look at him and go, yeah, yeah. Don't show a dead guy. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. D- don't do that. Yeah. Don't publish it. Yeah. It's not good. Don't go into the suicide forest. Yeah. You idiot. <laughs> Bert's brilliant. Yeah. In his, yeah. Own, in his own weird way, Bert is one of the more brilliant people I've ever met. Now, Joe, yeah. well, I want to ask you, Joe yeah. was, gonna, uh, was telling me uh, in Arizona that it, uh, weekly, mm-hmm. right? Once a week, yep. the show? Once a week. And, I mean, when you start uh, shooting, it's, I mean, you're not stockpiling. You're going to go in kind of real time. Yeah. 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 So we'll shoot, uh, we'll shoot on, I think, Thursdays right now. And uh, the shows will stream between uh, Saturday and Sunday at midnight. Nope. Yeah. Are you pumped? 
I'm very excited. It's really, it's really cool. It's you know, since since the old show ended, um, we've done a lot. We we made a lot of pilots. We did a, we did the hidden camera series, the uh, the Kevin Hart uh, yep. uh, Lift Legend uh, series. Yo, the correspondence dinner. Uh, the correspondence dinner was during the soup. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. That, so that's when Joel hosted. Yeah, and you wrote for that. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking that's, crazy to me. That was fun. Right. Was is, fun is, it, is it weird knowing that the literally the president of the United States is going to hear your joke? Uh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very. It's it's such a it's such a weird night. Uh, Boyd Vico and Brad Stevens, who are EPing and head writing on the uh, on the Joel show, um, were not. They were originally Soup guys, and then they left the Soup, and they and they wound up uh, head writing and running a couple other things for us. They're back with us on this, but they've already stayed very close with Joel, especially. And um, <clears throat> they're brilliant. And it was the three of us who put the who put the speech together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, so we went with Joel to the dinner. And that was that was one of the most bizarre nights of my life in a in a great great I think like the weirdest thing since I'm from Minnesota I'm a huge Vikings fan yeah and it's like for some reason it's all of Hollywood and half of the NFL is there <laughs> and so I was sitting like well, yeah, well it's nerd it's nerd prom but then for now and especially when Obama was in office when you guys did it Obama sort of cro- him more than any other president I can truly believe open that up to an entertainment world yeah. and now like a lot of entertainers athletes people people want to be there whereas yeah. before it was just like a who gives yeah. a shit and now um <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but it was but it was very so adrian peterson was sitting right behind me like yeah it's a very packed room and i've got like these shoulders here and he's a large yeah. dude yeah and and uh boyd vico who's also a big nfl fan is like i cannot fucking believe you're not turning around and introducing yourself to adrian yes. peterson yeah and you're i was here. like and i was like i honestly can't think of a single thing to say to him besides <laughs> why do you continue to fumble at really crucial <laughs> moments and so i was like there's no there's like he doesn't yeah. need to hear that no, tonight. He i don't need yeah. to say that to no, him it's like christian Leitner to you being yeah like, Exactly, hey man. What was up with that one joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like I, so. I so I went through the night without saying a word, to Adrian Good Peterson. Move. But yeah, but it was, but it was. Um, but also, maybe he would have. Uh, who knows? Like maybe he would have laughed it off, like knowing. Yeah. You would have spun it into something funny, yeah. or maybe you would or have gotten really he, pissed. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe he hears that from so many drunken fans that it just it oh, yeah. spins him into a rage. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but Adrian Peterson doesn't have any anger problems. He's never had anything come out in the news where he was angry. Jesus. For, did he? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> how dare you? How dare I? How dare he? A, oh. Quick, make a joke about um, I what? Don't know, who's who's your Elway? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's my guy. Yeah, has he done something wrong? Elway doesn't do anything wrong. Yeah, El, Elway held out on a uh, so that he didn't have to play in San Diego. That's what Elway did when no, he no, got drafted. Not Elway, Baltimore. Baltimore. That's right. Uh, yeah, it was Eli Manning, Eli Manning didn't want to play in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but sure like, he's loving Giant Stadium this winter. <laughs> But when you're so like when 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 you're putting that together, is it a different style of writing? Because you're like, oh man, this, this is going to be journalists and politicians, or is it like the or is it just no? We're we're going to do our thing. We we kind of know we're going to do our thing. Like Joel did some really smart stuff. Like he mm-hmm. talked to Colbert, he talked to Kimmel, he talked to Seth Meyers. Yeah. Um, he you know asked a lot of questions about what they liked about what they did, what they wish they'd have done differently, all that kind of stuff. Did um, Seth he, Meyers mentioned launching Trump into the presidency? Oh no, that, that hasn't happened yeah, yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. He. Uh, yeah. He, I think, I think we sort of all collectively there. Conan uh, mm-hmm. um, did a really great one, and yeah. they they had all done their own version of something great with yeah. it. You know, Colbert's wasn't warmly received, but it was brilliant, and uh, and um, um, Seth's was, you know, Seth's was probably the probably the most like wow uh, yeah. of all of them. But Joel kind of went in and um, very smartly, I think, like his sort of directive to us was, I want to cut a wide path. 
I don't want to do I don't want to do you know any one long run about everyone about anyone we did, we wound up doing a long run about Chris Christie which was like a four joke deep run but the mm-hmm. rest of it was one and then moving to the next person moving to the next person he said I really want to be equal opportunity like I don't want after this is over with I don't want them saying that I'm just a bleeding heart liberal who is screaming about you know the Republicans sure. um, so we opened with uh, we opened with a, sort of a, our first shot was at Obama mm-hmm. um, which was uh, which was um, uh, as always Mr. President you're amazing uh, you're just so funny my favorite one you ever told was when you said you were going to close the detention facility at Guantanamo Bay <laughs> and the room got quiet and then <laughs> Michelle Obama goes <laughs> and then everybody and then everybody broke up a little yeah, bit. I think so. that, uh, C-SPAN is yeah. like one of those paranormal activity movies. It's just grainy shots of empty rooms interrupted by images of people you're pretty sure died a few years ago. <laughs> Perfect joke. Right. Yeah. This is the yeah. beginning. Yeah, that was a Brad Stevens special, I believe. Yeah. I think it was either Brad or Boy. But, yeah, yeah, but it, 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 and to do something like that, and I've heard this from someone else who uh, did the correspondence dinner, it's always you have to wait for sort of the president yeah. to get it, yeah. or in this case, Michelle. Yeah, yeah, he uh, definitely gives you... So we yeah. met him right before right before it starts. You go down to this little meet and greet thing, and it's yeah. a tiny room. And uh, and Joel was up at the head of the line, and Brad and Boyd and I, the writers, are all the way in the back. Yeah. And and so I see we see Joel talking to Obama, and he's like pointing at us a little bit. And so we get up to the front, and uh, and uh, Obama goes, so you guys are you guys are Joel's writers, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, KP, catastrophic what, penis, yeah. is that you? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, which one you, uh, <laughs> which one you writes on the soup? And and I was like, that's me. Was president goes, oh, Michelle loves the soup. You should go talk to her. And so, and so awesome. I slid down, and and he goes, Michelle, this is KP. He wrote on the soup. Or he writes the soup, and uh, and she goes, oh, we love the, the girls, and I've been watching it forever. And I said, uh, and I said, it's so nice to hear, Mrs. Obama. I do have to say that when you came a few months ago to the E building to be interviewed by Ryan Seacrest, and she goes, yeah, I remember that. I go, yeah, I had to park somewhere else that day. And, <laughs> and he overhears it. He's talking to Boyd and Brad. And he overhears it and he laughs, and he and he goes, yeah, it's kind of the pain in the ass. Of us, we move in wherever we go. And I look at him, I go, it's second term arrogance, Mr. President, and I'm not fun. And he pats me on the show, he goes, all right, you said the thing you thought of in the shower, let's take a picture. Oh. And I was like, this fucking guy is good. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. Yeah, it His was such, timing, oh, dude. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Dude, <laughs> dude, there that, you go. That's, yeah. and, and that's a moment and, and, yeah. and that you will never forget. And yeah. good for you for not, 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 not fanboying out, but just being lost up in these, uh, in meeting the president yeah people- wait now did he have his his obama caden like well that was the thing you said yeah. in the shower or, did he, or was he more conversational at that point a little more conversational yeah. but that's the crazy thing about him which i which really fascinated me mm-hmm. was like i was nervous right up to the minute i was talking to him and then all of a sudden i'm not and i think that that's something that like great leaders have is this ability like knowing full well you're the president of the united states right. every person who talks to you is going to be intimidated by you by virtue of that single fact yeah. yeah so somehow you have to project something that gets them to say something to you and mm-hmm. and like somehow there is that like moment of just like oh yeah i'm just talking to this guy and like like i said i still get fucking nervous talking to Patton oswald who i've known for 20 years yeah. because i think mm-hmm. he's a genius yeah. and, and i just go holy shit i could never think of the things he thinks of oh because also like, he's somehow, a version of a dwarf and dwarfs yeah. are very intimidating yeah. and talented yeah, absolutely yeah I'm scared shitless like, I, between you being here and rain today i really wasn't thinking of coming you uh, made the rain yeah well yeah we have that power <laughs> there is something too about like obama probably um, recognizes that people are nervous around him, right? Yeah. And so he probably <laughs> goes out of his way to make them comfortable yeah. by making jokes. But also, I don't know, maybe he, him being that comfortable around you to make that joke, maybe he, you know, genuinely does like feel at home around comedians or people that are not. 
I think there's so something to that. All I, think, the time. I think there's something to the idea that like he's kind of just a laid back cat at the end of the day. Yeah. And so he just and so he just you know he projects that when he needs to, but he probably also is pretty good at projecting. Hey, I can have you fucking yeah. killed by an airstrike. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like <laughs> I can do it. And, and so you didn't see the so you didn't see a person like come up to him and whisper like this can't be Anderson. He writes on nope. the soup. Nope, there's none of that. It was just, okay. and a, but it was really weird. It was a really like Eric Stone Street, who lives who lives around the corner from me, mm-hmm. uh, was right in front of me in line, and so he was giving me shit the entire time we were walking up too. Like there was so much, there was so much bizarre shit going on in that room. Like when someone's introducing you to Wolf Blitzer, and he, like someone introduced me to Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> yeah. and? and I and I take stay on my hand, and he goes, "Call me Wolf," and and I literally <laughs> think to myself, That's a "Weird thing." Yeah, to say, I literally okay. think to myself, "What the fuck else am I going to call you?" But yeah, I just go, hi, nice to meet you. And then Joel walks up and I go, Joel, this is Wolf Blitzer. And he goes, call me Wolf. And Joel goes, what the fuck else was I going to call you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you ask him how you can get into the situation room? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see, that's where I would have fucked up. Yeah. And then you probably would have been like, oh, I've heard that before. Yep. Fuck off, Jew. And you're like, all right, that's a little <laughs> Did you ask him far? how it felt to lose uh, to Andy Richter on Celebrity Jeopardy by such a large margin? I did not. Did he really? He got d- destroyed. Really? Wolf Blitzer was on Celebrity Jeopardy? Yes, and got destroyed by Andy Richter. Dude, Blitzer versus Trebek in anything yeah. I want to see. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think he's got the weirdest kind of Asperger's, Wolf Blitzer. He's, yeah. There's something bizarre Something's up, dude. about that guy. Because he's also, he's always just so j- mildly jacked up yeah. for 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 um, traumatic events. Well, I mean, yeah. and he can yeah, have that able, music. Yeah. <laughs> the music, the graphics. Yeah, but he yeah. is like, I don't know. I, I mean. He's the perfect, he's the perfectly conditioned CNN guy. But then, you know like, what's so funny? I went to one, I think it was um, some, one award show party. This was like three, four years ago. And I remember seeing him with a drink in his hand. And then I remember literally 10 minutes later turning around and seeing him walk over this drink to go get another drink. And I was like, yeah. Maybe that guy parties. Maybe that's Maybe how he softens the burgers. I yeah, don't know. It might be. I, I I don't know. I I I really like. I really can't stand CNN. Yeah. It drives me nuts that Trump hates CNN because I hate CNN for completely other reasons. But I feel like if I say I hate CNN, everybody <laughs> goes, "Oh, you like, like, oh, fake yeah, news." But I don't think. I think CNN. For years now, I think that their mo is to like pre-Trump when we had other problems. Sure. Uh, CNN's mo was to basically wait for a cop to shoot a kid someplace. And then they would go to that town and they would talk to the most extreme people on either side of the thing until they had baited a riot. And then CNN would have a weekend of ratings. Like, that's how I that's how I feel Holy about their coverage shit. of shit. That uh-huh. they're a news organization. How come there's never a journalistics expose in CNN to how a Ferguson, Missouri exists? It's very simple. It's corruption and mismanagement. That's that's the only way that cities get down to a level of, mm. of something like that. And corruption and mismanagement happen on all sides of a political aisle. It's just people getting power and then abusing the said power. That's it. But they can't they can't do that simple thing. Instead, they wait for the worst fucking thing to happen and then scare the shit out of everybody until an even worse thing can happen. Wow. And that's my that's that may have been the smartest rant ever yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, it's I not ju- really I, funny, but it, it pisses me off. I just I just want you to know that like our, our 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 fans are waiting for us to make a slip and slide joke right now. Okay, let's do that then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're dude, you're sadly, I mean, very accurate with that assessment. 
Yeah. So I just so like my <clears throat> my lack of trust in CNN is. Mm-hmm. And by the way, my wife is like the special prosecutor that Robert Mueller doesn't know that he's hired. Like she is locked to MSNBC all night, every night. Watching oh, OK. Every, I, I thought like, like in actuality. No, no, no. She'll <laughs> she'll just like when he what? slips up, she'll be she'll catch it and yeah. she'll fucking send that email. Um, but but it's like but so so I'm a little like I'm a little news coveraged out yeah. of this stuff to a certain degree. Um, but I honestly do. I look at CNN and I go, you're. Your, your your motivations are so purely not journalistic. Now, how, how do you uh, navigate being a father through times like these? And how does being a father help your comedy? And also, how does the world right now uh, help your fathering? Um, let's see. So, being a father, helping. Let me get to that yeah. later. Uh, the the being a being a stand up or being a being a father in times like these, it helps that my kid like has always been and this is my wife's to her credit she never really talked to my daughter in baby talk i i did and mm-hmm. and you know not, not anymore because she'd fucking beat the shit out of me. But, <laughs> but but she always sort of she always sort of dread like when when my kid was two years old moving towards a light socket you know leslie would just be like hey don't touch that and mm-hmm. that would be enough like instead of no no we don't you know like which i'm not yeah. saying that's wrong Everybody see i still need that type of, of talk for yeah. me to not put my finger in the lights i know i've been in a room with you <laughs> yeah. um, but why do you think my hair gets so poofy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but 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 like i think that i think that like it helps to have the the right kid for you is the yes. biggest thing but it's mm-hmm. it's just speaking practically about stuff like last night out of the blue my daughter wanted to talk about legalized weed and for, you know, for the first time yeah and and she honestly she's such a picky yeah. eater that i i swear to god like six years ago um she asked me about pot and i went this is all you need to know about drugs drugs are spicy and i think that bought me like five <laughs> years without having to say a fucking thing about well, it see yeah. that's what you got to do as a parent just go uh oh oh heroin it tastes like brussels sprouts yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. You know, uh, lima beans, that's yeah. crack. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but now 14, and she knows yeah. me fairly well. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. point in acting like like uh, marijuana hasn't been near me in the last, I don't know, sure. seven days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and so, I, but I did say, like, I, I was able to go. The, the one thing that I found interesting was she's very anti-pot. Like, mm-hmm. that she, she goes, she's done research where she said that if pe- people do it before they're 25, it can really, you know, affect their brain and affect their cognitive skills. Shit. And stuff, and so I, uh, and I was like, <laughs> like when she told me that, I was like, right? Is this why, all, is this why I'm always yeah. wearing different color socks? I yeah. mean, throw a ball to Adam right now; he, he will not catch it. Yeah, <laughs> he will run from it. Yeah, yeah. how uh, dare you bring that up? Uh, but no, but she, but so we had the conversation, and it was a really, it was kind of a cool conversation where I was like, listen, you know, I said, I as like someone who believes in in personal liberties, there's there's a lot of things that could hurt you that are legal. I don't understand why pot wouldn't be legal. To. Sure. And I said uh, if it was taxed and regulated and it wasn't an all cash business and the federal mm-hmm. government got out everybody's ass about it, um, it would be a huge boon to our economy and it would and it would solve a lot of the issues that we have with crime and with smuggling with these immigration things that everybody's talking about. So in my mind it should be it should be legal. I said, but that said, is you know, I think that ultimately becomes every family's uh, responsibility to know what their kids are doing and know that there's not a time for that. And like I if you came to me now and said, Dad, I want to try pot, I would go not in my house you're not you know mm-hmm. uh, and and no joke about it I, I literally just be like no it's not your it's not the time for it but she's cool like mm-hmm. that's how i handle being a father in times like this yeah is she wants to talk about stuff we try not to 
you know, like even though we wanted to kind of share our feelings on politics and stuff like that, we try not to over indoctrinate her into into yeah. like our particular like every kid should get an opportunity to kind of feel sure. the world out for themselves. It's and, such a fine balance, I feel like, yeah. for a parent to not download all of their thoughts and opinions yeah. onto their pristine little minds. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. let them kind of you know, yeah. you want to shape obviously some things because there's so much coming at them now that like it, they can yeah, over influenced by something. Yeah, sure. so. and on the, I mean, on on the big things, you'd be like, yeah, murder, bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't do that. Exactly. Yeah, but, but yeah, if she has, yeah. if she has a different yeah. Yeah. stance on prescription drugs than yeah. you do, it's like, yeah. okay, if you got, if, yeah, if you've got some sort of a, uh, a an opinion you'd like to state on a single payer healthcare system, knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah, like, she's I, like, yeah. well, actually, here's my thoughts on the yeah. debt ceiling. I got the kid that fucking would. Too. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Oh, now I got to listen to you talk about this. There's also so, certain situations you don't need to present yet. Like your swinger story. You wouldn't tell her that just to be like, now be aware because this might happen. Right. Because yeah. that's like. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. It, that's always weird. She did come down and see me at uh, at Nerd Melt a, a couple months ago and I didn't mm-hmm. hold back. And I, I was just like, I was just like, oh, whatever. You should, you know, she, she kind of knows. Po- cause so, some of you at some point want your kid to know how. Like that, you can do that great. Like, yeah. be like, I want you to see me in my element, right? Yeah. Well, and and we're like, well, here's a perfect. Example. So she decided for her Latin final this year. Uh, they had to do a multimedia. They still teach Latin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is which? I again, I pay f- I pay for that too. <laughs> and uh, and she uh, she she they had to do some kind of multimedia thing, and she decided her own of her own volition that she wanted to shoot herself in front of a green screen. I said of her own volition, like wow. I did not being the warm up act for the gladiators at the Colosseum. And so she wrote jokes in English that then she translated to Latin. That's fucking hilarious. And told them in Latin and intentionally bombed. So it was pretty fucking wow. brilliant all the way through. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah. And by the way, if you're trying to bomb, wrote one of the most perfect jokes I've ever heard. Uh, like, 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 Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks type of shit. The Man. joke was, uh, I just got back from Pompeii. The show was okay. Nobody laughed, but nobody left. <laughs> oh my like, god because okay. they were yeah. stone yeah uh, yeah yes yeah. so i was like pompeii yes. yeah i was like okay holy sorry shit. i was like, I was like yeah. why is that a part <laughs> of the joke no but she yeah. was but she was like i need like three four jokes can you can you send she texts me while she's at school and yeah. she's like I that's need three awesome, four jokes right? can you text me something and so i texted her a couple and then i texted her uh, i just got back you from caligula's place and boy is my asshole tired <laughs> <laughs> and i just got back and i just got back you're fired yeah. <laughs> hey, that's great though yeah. you guys have that uh, but then and how, yeah. how great is it that she, she knows that that's something that she could use you as a resource for? It's like, yeah. oh, I can do this, and my dad yeah. is a fantastic comedy yeah. writer. Yeah. So and how great is it that out. I know the dirty joke that gets me out of having to do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so the so the show, um, the premiere date? Uh, February 18th, I think, between 17th and 18th, whatever, yeah. whatever that Saturday, Sunday of that week is. That's a well. great yeah. time, I feel like, to, um, to come on. Yeah, because... we're going to go a week earlier, but that's the opening ceremony of the Olympics. Uh, best yeah. to probably avoid that yeah. time slot, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then... Uh, I think Trump's figure skating. No, two-man luge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what I want to see you guys do. I mean... Holy the, shit. I yeah. mean, the two-man luge is what some people yeah. allege we already do. Yeah. Because <laughs> I hang out here so much. Yeah, yeah, Whenever yeah. When someone calls me, it's like, hey, do you want to go? Like, ah, I got uh, to hang out with Adam. Yep. And they're like, oh, so you guys are two-man luge yeah. again yeah, tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly what we're doing. Yeah, from an aesthetic standpoint, <laughs> Summer Olympics shot put. I get how that works, but yeah, two man luge. Yeah. 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 Well, you just have one dwarf and one lanky guy. Yeah, there you go. And yep. That's how it works. Yep. Uh, and, and for those, I don't know how you would have never seen the soup or know or know the format because so many shows have tried to do essentially 
the soups format. Yeah, and I think that we, I think that we, you know, we were, we were doing talk soups format, and they were doing, you know, people people always used to be like, "Aren't you pissed about Tosh?" And I was like, "I'm not. I didn't create the like talking yeah. about shit that happened." Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, that wasn't me. No, it's yeah, fine. So yeah, yeah, and, but, and then yeah, it's and uh, but you, you guys are. You guys are the best at this. This oh, is, this is yeah. what you do. So this is why Thanks, this is why people should absolutely watch this show. I mean, you've won Emmys from it. Uh, we have not won. We got nominated. Okay. We never won one. Ah, oh, yeah. Brad. It's a tough category, but you, man. But, John Oliver. But, shit. Is yeah, that, but you oh, have an wow. Emmy though. Yeah, uh, I do have one. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was the Wayne Brady show. Okay. Nice. Yep. Where do you keep your Emmy? Uh, it is in my office. That Emmy, I had been, uh, I had been, as we spoke about earlier, I had mm-hmm. been invited to not be there any longer when we won that Emmy. Ah. So uh, the good folks at Buena Vista Television, a division of Walt Disney, <laughs> sent me my Emmy regular postage, like literally <laughs> wow. dropped off on the doorstep with stamps licked to the fucking thing. <laughs> like, like someone could, like the same way yeah. pe- pe- people grab Amazon packages now. Someone could yeah. just be like, "Hey, there's a package." Yep, an yeah, Emmy. Got a fucking Emmy. Holy <laughs> like, oh, shit. shit! I want an Emmy. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it, it's a it, daytime, it, son of a yeah. bitch. That's Bill Simpson's joke. Yeah. Oh, it's a Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking perfect. Amazing. Well, yeah. um, hopefully, uh, and I, I, I see no reason why not. This is not going to crush. I, um, I hope so. We're, yeah, we're, man, we're really excited about it. Joel's uh, Joel seems very like in in the mode that he needs to be in. In order, seemed to like it when he was talking about it, yeah. and, and I feel like you need that like. Uh, jacked up attitude for something like this and, yeah. and with you guys and adding Paul in the mix like and yeah. it's like in the time we're living in like people want um, to see uh, stuff especially now you know opening up to global like yeah. being chopped down like that you know yeah. and, and made made light of yeah um, yeah and honestly I can't like from a writing standpoint the stuff that we're talking about doing I can't I can't speak highly enough of uh, Brad Stevens Boyd Vico okay. some of the writers that are going to be coming in to join us um, Dominic it's going to be it, and then we've got some uh, we've got some new people that are just incredible it's going to be it's going to be you know a, a really 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 solid since we haven't shot the first one yet yeah, yeah. who knows maybe we suck but um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be we're putting our, we're putting our best foot forward to make something that's going to be really fun and really and you having know, people come just through. enough the same and just enough different. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, and same way with people coming through and guests. Uh, yeah, you know, but so. now we've got Paul Feig, so I'd expect that level to rise. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude! If you need yeah. a guest host, Jay Moore, man, he's absolutely <laughs> you know, fantastic. JJ was the only undeniable. person to ever guest host for Joel. Really, uh, my first week when I took over as like showrunner, which was about like five <laughs> weeks into into the show, Joel's son needed to have surgery and he could yeah. not make the taping. Uh-huh. And we were like, "Oh shit, what do we do?" And I was like, "Well, I'll call Jay Moore." And I went, well, "Fucking call him!" And I and so I called, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah." So he did at the time his son Jackson was was young. He mm-hmm. Jay stood. He, he he was like, "I got Jackson, so I'm bringing him with me." And I was like, "Okay, fine." So he stood and did it. And Jackson was so short that you couldn't see him on camera, but he was just running circles around Jay the whole time. And every once in a while, Jay would. <laughs> tell a joke that would kill and he'd just put his hand up and Jackson would run by it and give him a high five. <laughs> That's fantastic. But well, yeah. um, I'm short enough to be below the camera. There you so go. We're if, have if you, you running need around, someone yeah. to yeah. run around Joel and just yeah. give him a high five every now and then, I could totally do it. Wait, Brad, Brad Williams, put it up there. Brad, as Barry, will you give him some uh, encouraging advice about the uh, Joel McHale show with Joel McHale? And then I'm going to talk dirty to you as Barry on the way out. Listen, man. It, it, it's a show that changed television. You you can look and see all the parodies of what you guys did because what you guys did was brilliant in so many ways. And that's what you're going to bring back to the people is something that you can do best. Everyone tried to do Tim Hardaway's Killer Crossover. <laughs> 
but only Tim Hardaway could do the killer crossover, man. And that's what and that's what people are looking for you to do. This show is gonna be great. It's gonna be undeniable. People are gonna watch it. And Tosh is immediately gonna wanna be on it. That is so nice of you to say, pal. <laughs> I am going to fuck your face so hard, buddy. <laughs> Good night, everybody. All right, thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We had laughs and stories. Now go listen to more episodes on iTunes or your phone. Subscribe and tell your family and everyone you know. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.